Welcome back to the Agile Administrator. I'm Julie, Director of Research at Participate. And I'm Allison. I'm an Education Strategist at Participate. So we are back with part two of our three-part series in Communities of Practice, and we're going to focus on peer review, something, again, we've been really passionate about over the last five or six years in particular in really integrating that into our professional development. It's a great piece to, to add to a professional learning experience for a teacher or an educator because it gives the opportunity to be guided to becoming better than what you already are. Yeah. And one thing that's been exciting for me, just we've had past episodes around digital and badging and micro-credentialing, is that I think we're unique in that we have a peer-to-peer digital badging system. So it's not someone sitting on high judging mm-hmm. teachers. Mm-hmm. It's really peers that are trained They're experts in their fields, but they are there as a peer support. Yeah, I like that piece too. It doesn't feel evaluative. That's right. Which often that's what, you know, you you go through a PD experience, then it's like, oh, wait, now in order for me to get credit for this, now what's the the administrative thing that's got to happen? This is really about peer-to-peer coaching and supporting and guiding. I love the way Kim talks about that through this type of learning, as you focus on the teacher actually learning and building their capacity, you're helping to walk them into their wisdom. Yeah, that's a great, that was a great tone. I love love that too. Well, let's listen to the interview and we can talk more about some of the great things that Kim brings up in terms of the importance of peer review. Sounds good. All right. Well, welcome back to part two of our series of three on communities of practice. And today we're going to focus on peer review, um, something that is very close to our hearts here at Participate, really that sort of peer-to-peer professional learning um, and making sure that as teachers are doing professional development, they're experimenting with new ideas, they're making new stuff, and they're finding um, other teachers to really help them and give them feedback And Kim, you've been instrumental with spearheading this movement and implementing it at Participate. So can you just reintroduce yourself um, to our listeners at Participate if they weren't able to catch the part one and just tell us what you do both at your school and with Participate? Absolutely. So um, I am an IB coordinator in Cabarrus County, and I have been in education for 20 years, Um, served as a regular education teacher, as a global educator, um, curriculum writer, instructional coach, and also as a mentor. And I've also been able to work alongside of the members of participate with the education strategy team and primarily with peer review, both for global schools and for communities of practice. What is sort of the specifics of the mechanics of peer review in in a professional development system, and how do you think it impacts teacher learning? Well, we've said before in segment one, you know, you cannot grow in isolation. So we Mm -hmm. need each other. And I think that being able to give feedback and, and enable a space for teachers to reflect upon their their own professional growth and to have someone there to encourage alongside of the way. And I like to say, kind of walk you into your own wisdom. You know, you you are knowledgeable, you have what you need to, to instruct your classroom, but having these, these guides along the side who can help you be more reflective about your choices and instructional practice is, is crucial. So how do you see peer review specifically working in your experience? Well, you know, I think as teachers, we're always kind of wondering, is this right? Or does, does this seem right when it's new? And a lot of times, you know, as a teacher, you're not, you're not put in the place of the student. 
but you're growing and learning all of the time. And so when you have somebody alongside of you who can look at your work more closely with you and give you some pointers of, of things you might want to consider or um, choice, some of the choices that you're making in your practice can just strengthen both the peer, the peer that you're reviewing, but also um, as a mentor yourself, you start thinking more about your own practice and thinking about the choices that you're making and you can borrow some of the great ideas that you're seeing around you as well. So I always say it's definitely a win-win for everyone. Um, you know, teachers are growing in their practice because, because of that relationship and that trust mm-hmm. that they're building. In Participate, our peer review system is really tied to the professional learning. It's tied to our digital badging, our digital micro-credentials. So again, as opposed to it coming down from on high, um, it's really a part of kind of a formative and summative feedback process. So talk a little bit about that. What are the mechanics of it? So uh, learners will take a course and then they submit their learning product into the platform and a peer reviewer will claim that learning product and and walk through the components of the learning product where it has the lesson plan and a sample of the student's work or student's reflection and then the teacher reflection. And they work to offer feedback and some guiding questions about what's happening in the classroom. And really, we love to see a back and forth dialogue between the peer reviewer and the learner who's experiencing something new, maybe for possibly for the first time. Yeah. And um, just sort of giving them that support, like we talked about, you know, having that encouragement and that support and maybe a few resources along the way so that they can grow in their practice. So how do you see the role of peer review in a community of practice specifically? Like, how does that work? So communities of practice usually will have a facilitator. Do you see them as one and the same? Are they different? Um, What are the sort of different roles about that? Well, so a facilitator is really the center of activity in a community. So um, they're completing a lot of tasks that are kind of keeping the community alive. (laughs) You know, they're welcoming new members and they're orienting the members and um, sometimes sharing and and directing new members so they know where where to go and how things work inside the community. Um, And then they also can give new content or connect content or connect people even. So they're really kind of that, that hub that keeps everything working together. And sometimes a facilitator will also be a peer reviewer as well. Mm -hmm. So, so, and then peer review, it allows for that open exchange of ideas and provides, you know, the opportunity for reflection, which I can't say enough about how important reflection is for teachers. So you're seeing the sort of the role of both peer reviewer inside this community practice as sort of a large part of this kind of teacher reflection, right? Right. Given that you can have peer review and communities of practice, and you don't necessarily have to have this kind of formal peer review process as part of the professional learning inside of a community practice, why do you think it's important? Why do you think we're sort of making this effort to embed it when it's not necessarily needed? Yeah, you're right. Sometimes, you know, it doesn't always have to be something formal. You know, it could be something simple as like, in a community where you're telling the members, this is what I'm working on. Here's what I'm doing. And I just like some feedback. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes it's something more formal, like what we were talking about with participate where you're submitting work and, and that's being looked at from a peer review standpoint. And and they're giving you some guiding questions that help adjust maybe your teaching at times. But also what's important there is that once that work has been reviewed and it's been vetted by, by a peer reviewer, then it's also given 
a badge, which is connected to micro credentials. Mm -hmm. That I think is something that educators really can use to their benefit, you know, to kind of be a voice for themselves and say, you know, this is the learning that I'm doing and that I'm a part of and share that with their administrators and, and kind of advocate for themselves to be given CEUs for that work because they are learning and they're taking that ownership for it. Yeah, so I think it, it adds some sort of like a formalized process a little bit, right? So it, it, I, I think it enters in a little bit of accountability. Someone is actually looking at your work. Um, so I think, you know, I think it is a good kind of in the middle place where teachers can actually get continuing education credits if needed. Um, and also just have a little bit of some, you know, set guidelines about that relationship as they're getting used to that community practice. So sometimes that needs a little bit more of a formal structure. Absolutely. And I know for myself, when I'm learning something new, I always wonder, like, am I on track? Is this right? And without having somebody to look in on that work, you never really know if you're hitting the mark. And so I think having mm-hmm. somebody there who can, like, in a more formal, formalized way, let you know that you, where you're right and where you might want to look into it a little bit more. What have you experienced as some of the challenges of peer review? I think peer review, you know, oftentimes people think of when they hear the word review, like it's an evaluation kind of thing. And it just kind of puts people on edge. And being being open to receiving feedback from another person can sometimes be, you know, something that teachers kind of need to grow in as well. Because um, I I know, Julie, I've talked to you about this before. I I don't know where in education we got to this point where it's it's not okay to not know something. Yeah. (laughs) That's crazy. Like, we, we can't possibly know everything and it's okay to be somebody who has a growth mindset and, and wants to grow into things. And so we need to encourage that more instead of making it something that's always like an evaluation or has something like to hold over your head. You know, it's okay to experiment and try things that are new and have somebody along with you in that work. And I feel like community practice and peer review offer both of those. What do you think are some of the components um, that are critical for training peer reviewers really so that it gets teachers off that defensive posture where, you know, who is this person that's reviewing my stuff? How do you sort of help build that trust relationship between the peer reviewer and the, and the learner? For, for us with Participate, we carefully select our peer reviewers and we make sure that they're well-trained um, and that the, we have a rubric for how that work is, is supposed to look and how, how they're doing in that work as well. And then also that, that idea of like encouragement and warmth to help support growth in an area where you might not feel so comfortable. And that's yeah. really important to us that, that learners feel supported in the work and that we're here to grow and learn together. What are the most important elements in the training piece? Like, what are you really trying to make sure to cultivate when you're training peer reviewers? I think asking um, teachers those the right kinds of guiding questions because, you know, no, no one wants to be told that they're not doing something right. It's more about mm-hmm. learning how to think about what you're doing in the classroom and maybe look at it just a little bit differently or also being able to give them resources sometimes where they say, you know, I really like, would like to have done this, but I didn't know how to do this. And mm-hmm. that's where a peer reviewer can kind of step in sometimes and offer those resources as well. Okay. Thank you so much, Kim, for, again, your expertise and sharing what you'd like to see in peer review, what you want and you hope that it gets embedded into communities and practice and what sort of the best components are to support teachers. So thank you so much for those thoughts today. Absolutely, Julie. Thank you. 
that was a really fun interview for me to do. It's always great mm-hmm. to have the chance to do a deep dive with Kim. We work together a lot, but sometimes you don't always have the chance to really just sit back and kind of talk about what you're doing. So it's it's really a, a total gift to be able to do that. One thing we had talked about as peer review being a part of communities of practice, because those could be very separate you're right. things. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it's a part of it, it brings some level of accountability to the community of practice. And I think we wanted to reframe what accountability means there, um, because I think sometimes teachers are in these punitive environments, and so they're really afraid to fail. Um, I don't know what you thought about that. I, I agree. Um, you know, we don't know everything Mm-hmm. As educators, we continually learn and grow and become better. And it's through those trials by error mm-hmm. and it really experimenting and trying things and taking risks that cause us to really have our best learning experiences. And I think peer review will can do that in an accountable way where a teacher is able to, from someone they trust, and that's a key thing she talked about, having that relationship, having that feeling of trust within that, with with those those folks so that you feel like you can you know, reach out for help or do fail and stumble and then get the support you need. It it gives that whole idea of being able to be a reflective learner. I mean, that was always difficult for me in the university setting, working with teachers. It was very hard for them to provide critical feedback. So way back when, uh, you know, millions of years ago, we uh, <laughs> I learned around critical friends. And that was a really right. known framework for um, helping teachers be able to criticize one another without taking it personally. Because it was always really a struggle to get teachers to be like, it's great. It's not great. You know, they just couldn't get any more in depth than that. And so I think that's what we're trying to do. And what Kim's really doing with the peer review is like, what's the kind of feedback that's generative, that gets teachers to reflect, that gets them to rethink their practice? And when you have that going on in a school as an administrator or a school leader, and you watch that happen, you know, with the teams within your school, but then also to know that a, that your teacher can learn from others outside of your school and you see the growth, that's just, yeah, that's, that's great. great. Um, and I also think with an online community of practice, I think it can really, it may start to form the bedrock of some mm. of these communities of mm-hmm. practice where you're building that trust from that one-to-one relationship and then growing it from there. So that's going to be interesting to watch. Um, it's kind of a hypothesis I have to see if that if that actually happens. Yeah, I think it will. <laughs> All right. Well, next time, um, we're going to be right in your area of expertise, Allison. We're going to be talking to um, Kim about communities of practice and school leaders. This is the Agile Administrator, after all. And so we're talking about both communities of practice for them um, as continuing learners and also how they cultivate that in their school buildings, in their district offices, as well as make sure there's space for teachers to go outside the physical space to find their communities. Sounds great. Look forward to it. All right. See you next time. The Agile Admin wants to hear from you. We would love to include your stories of successes and challenges. Reach out to us through email at agileadmin at participate.com. A-G-I-L-E-A-D-M-I-N at participate.com. Or via Twitter using the hashtag AgileAdmin. The Agile Administrator is produced by Caroline Weeks, and edited by Aaron Kane. Our theme music was written by David Hill at Trailblazer Studios. The podcast is a production of Participate, a place to learn, create, and collaborate. I'm Julie, and join us next time on The Agile Administrator.